let's go. Sorry, Bunks. Okie dokie. We're drinking heavily today. Yes, ma'am, we are. We both needed it. Yes. Alcoholic beverages. I think these need to be turned on. There we go. Hello. Hello. Oh my God, I need to go put my gown on. You look gorgeous. No, we gotta go. No, no, I, no, I just want to look nice, you know, so. You always look nice. Thank you, Screaming Here? Divas. Yay. <laughs> you are an honorary member of our Screaming Divas. There you yeah. go. Cheers, how are you? Ugh. I'm hanging in there. It's been a lot. Um, you know, there's been a lot going on in our country and, uh, you know, it's been a little rough, but I'm hanging in there, you know? Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, the situations that, that we're going through in our world is very important. And I just hope that after all of this protesting that there will be a change, you know? A change in the opera industry, change in the workforce, you know, hiring black folks and people of color and hiring, yes. you know? So, um, yeah. You know, I cried these past couple of days, you know, trying mm -hmm. to get through it, but, you know. Yeah. Well, let me introduce you. This is Carrie. Yes, yes, hey, Carrie. Carrie. <laughs> so nice to meet you. I have, yeah. I have researched you and listened to you and I love your interview. You both have. Given. Yeah, and I just was really looking forward to this. So thank you so much for joining us and talking yes. to us. Yes, thank you for inviting me. Absolutely, especially with, you know, I mean, because we, we planned this before everything happened. So I, I'm just glad that you want, you know, that you have time to talk to us because there's so much going on. And so I'm just grateful you have time to hang out. There is, because, um, you know, I've been protesting for the past couple of days and I had to sing for... Um, a protest for Black LGBTQI folks, and I sang Amazing Grace, which was really nice, and Aww. just been busy with that, and just, I, I really do want change, and I think we're all striving for change, the world, you know, the generation after me, you know, is ahead, you know, it's ahead of, you know, head, ahead of the, the curve, you know what I mean, so. Yeah. No, we, we wanted to, we've been talking about change for so long. Yeah. It's about time. It really is. Not just, not just opera world, worldwide. Mm -hmm. It has to change. And I mean, more specifically too, our jobs mm -hmm. has to change. And you, my dear, can be the face of it. Yeah, that, that's a lot of pressure. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. You know, um, I, you know, as a black trans woman, you know, I have, you know, I've been through a series of um, intense struggle, you know, uh, and I think people look at me today and say, oh, I look like I've, I'm all put together, but it, it wasn't easy, you know, my black trans sisters, we are continually struggling, we can't, you know, a lot of my sisters can't get a job, a lot of my sisters can't get housing, you know, there's been many a times where I applied for a job and, and told them, you know, my situation, and they just said, I'm sorry, we can't take your application. And I've had that many, many, it took me, yeah, it took me a while to, to find employment because, you know, no one wants us to exist. And, you know, it's unfortunate that 
you know, folks have these views against us because we're human beings like everyone else, you know, whoever you are, if you're Asian, black, whatever, you're stripping rights from a human being, you know, we want that human being, you know, not to succeed. And that's just, it's not healthy thinking, you know? No, no, it doesn't, doesn't matter. Whatever we are, we're all human beings and you should be treated the same as Carrie, as me, as Joe Schmo. <laughs> I think we we have watched we have watched I think every interview there is <laughs> between <laughs> Carrie and I. Oh you. God! <laughs> and and I met you how many years ago was that, Brianna? Yeah, I think that was my last yeah. year at the San Francisco Conservatory. It was maybe what 2013 when you did Norma. Was it 2013? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, I think it was the Norma. But you know, listen, I've known you a while. We, we feel like we really know you. Yes, you know, I, I'm so happy that I'm talking to you both because y'all are such an inspiration to me. And you know, I have, like I said, I have a couple of black opera singers that are inspirational. I remember when I went to Tanglewood Institute during the course of when I went to Baltimore School for the Arts, I saw Jesse Norman in concert at the Kutzevitsky oh. Center in Lenox, Massachusetts. That's amazing. And I was what, 15? And she gave Wait, me- Wait, what year was that? Uh, what this, year was that? That was okay. So I graduated. So that was around like 2003. Wow. Yeah, it was a while ago. And did she sing the Liebestod? I believe so. Yes. Yes. We were there the same year. Are you serious? Oh yes. <laughs> yes. I was, I was, it's so yes. So, well, and I remember when she sang and I, I gave her a hug and I was like, oh my God, I look up to you. You're like a tall woman. Cause you know, I'm six foot two, so, you know, and I went up to her, I gave her a hug and she said, she's like, you know what? There's something special about you. That's how she said oh. it. And I was like, well, that meant so much, you know? Oh my so. gosh, absolutely. It's moment. Her, I'm really jealous. The moments <laughs> that you remember, you know, that they define, they define who you are, your career, and how you go forward too. And, I, and it's so important. I tell that to, to all of the young artists, you know, that I work with. One little thing that you say might change a life or career or their path. And you really have to think about everything that you say to people. You know, that everything that comes out of your mouth can affect people in a positive and a negative way. So I'm glad that, yeah, she, she affected your life. You know, I think being a woman in this, in this industry is intense, you know. It's, yeah. we're still fighting for our rights too, you know, and also hiring more people of color in this business. So it's yeah. just there's a lot of layers and there, you know, there's a lot of conservative donors that are, you know, a part of this genre. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's been many a times where I've heard my black girlfriends who are ballet dancers, they can't get jobs, you know. I know. Yeah. So how do we change this? How do we go about bringing more black people into the opera world, bringing more women into the opera world, bringing more diversity into the opera world? How do you see that happening? Well, I think, um, Black opera singers, we're here. We're there. We're here. We're singing. We're learning. We're growing. We have the voice. We have the training. I think in regards to the audition process that all of us need to be treated treated equally in the audition process, you yes. know, um, in regards to hiring opera singers in this business. Um, you know, I think that's, that's just a priority right now, you know, 
that we all are equal in this experience. And, you know, I've had experiences where, you know, I didn't get parts and I don't know, maybe because I wasn't developed, you know, mm -hmm. well-developed, you know, that I am now. But, you know, there's, there's always different um, politic issues in regards to performances and getting jobs. But I really would like to see more black singers up on stage or, you know, Asian singers or, you know. Whatever, yeah. Indigenous singers, you know, folks, you know. Yeah, so right. More, you know. I, and, uh, I always wondered what it would, what our stages would look like if they held auditions like they do orchestra auditions. Yes. The orchestra auditions are held behind a curtain and they don't see who they, what they look like or, they just know that they're a trombonist and they're in there to audition for first chair or whatever. So what would it look like? What would our stages look like if they had, I mean, I think that we had, we would have all kinds of people, all different colors, all different sizes. I think all different ages because sometimes voices don't sound really great until you're mid 40, but some now mid forties, you're like over the hill and you might as well just go home. So, which is crazy. So you know what I mean? That I feel like I, I would really love to see that. What what the world what the opera stages would look like if we had that. I agree. I agree. So we didn't let you finish. Are, oh, have fine. you been be <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, oh, we're just we're just so excited we're all, to talk. Like, we're all in this together. We're other we're all just I I'm pretty emotional right now. So, you know, really just trying to, you yeah. know, take in all of this stuff that's happening in our country. Um you know, because we do have, a, we have 500 years of slavery that needs to be dismantled. You know, there's still yeah. that systematic racism that still goes on in the world. It just, it makes me want to scream, really. So you haven't been singing besides at, at some of the protests and stuff like that? Well, you haven't been staying home? Yeah, I, um, I had to do, I had to sing for an AIDS conference, you know, because I do a lot of LGBTQ performances, you know, they oh. had this big, uh, well, the AIDS conference in July, but they had this, um, meeting that was going on all over California to prep for it and so I opened for that. I just sing somewhere from my side story, you know. They're not going to understand Don Deliet Taushi or whatever. So I was like... Okay. Okay. We're being real now, right? Yes. Um, Sorry. <laughs> you got to sing VC Dorote for them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, my... So I've been singing... Um, so like I have a new I have new rap now so I'm learning Don Delieta, um, La Boheme, and what else? Uh, Summertime from Porgy and Bess. Uh, what else? And there's a couple other songs. I don't have my repertoire list on me, but it's a lot. <laughs> and um, you know my teacher is gradually you know um, pushing my voice to the limit. You know, okay. healthily. You know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and now I have a soprano high D sharp now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have a question for you on that, Brianna, because yeah. I, I'm a, I love technique. Technique is like my, my crack. Mm -hmm. I love talking about technique. Yeah. So if you, you say you have this four and a half octave range, mm -hmm. Carrie's laughing. She's, she knows me. She just said her high D is like crack. Like what? <laughs> it, no, it, it is. It's like high D. It's like crack when you sing that you want more i mean seriously more, yes. don't you let's say so we, we want more pot cookies let's say that instead of crack <laughs> i live in canada so you know hey it's oh and, and you're in san francisco so there you go sorry carrie <laughs> yes san francisco is you know the home of you know hey, carrie's in nashville, so. Cookies. Oh, but, nashville so when 
when you're working on that, that part of your voice, I know that if I focus, for instance, I just did peak dong and it's low in my range. So I feel like when I sit down there, it makes the top come down a little bit. Do you, are you leaving the bottom part of your range? Are you just leaving that aside now and focusing more on going up on the voice? You know, um, Sherry has been kind of been focusing my voice starting from like middle C all the way up to like high D's, E's, F's, you know, up in that register and my middle register. Um, but these past couple of lessons, she's really been focused on singing below C4, you know, operating my chest mm -hmm. voice and, and then blending those areas of my voice and connecting the two. Because mm -hmm. um, now, you know, I don't sing in falsetto. And I think, you know, when Sherry heard me sing, she's like, you're not a countenance. She said, if I close my eyes and hear you sing now, today, you sound like a soprano. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I just would never, I never thought, you know, those, those series of trainings with her that I would be considered a soprano because I was studying mezzo and I felt like mezzo was safe. You know, mm -hmm. I'm not, I don't consider myself a real mezzo because I've heard plenty of mezzos who really have that strong lower. And I have a very strong lower, but it just doesn't work. You know, I'm still working on blending those parts of my voice. Okay. Oh, um, girl, we still are too. So yeah. just, <laughs> just like FYI. Ugh. Yeah. To bring so, that, that chest register and then, and then the flipping into the head voice. Yeah. Oof. You know, I'm 51 and I'm still figuring it out. So oh, whatever, whatever. Girl, you heard her, Norma. She can float up there today. I was so like blown away when I heard you sing. I was really dancing the whole time. Thank you. But it's hard. It must be hard. Talk to us a little bit because as a, as a transgender woman, you are on hormones, right? I am. I, you know, <clears throat> I am a fully transitioned woman. You know, mm -hmm. I am. Yes, I'm a blossoming woman. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. So I got bottom surgery, top surgery. I got all of that stuff done. Um, my past two surgeries almost died in my past two surgeries. Um, when I got my vaginal plasty, which we could talk about this, right? I'm not going to get too in depth. <laughs> but no. yes. No, I, I wasn't, I didn't, I, I wanted to ask it, but I just didn't know if you wanted to talk it's about fine. it. Because I don't care. I did don't it care. change your voice? No, it didn't change my voice. Um, you know, I think people say that estrogen hormones change your voice and it really doesn't. If I was taking testosterone, yes. Okay. Uh, but my body's been through series of changes. You know, when I had vaginal casting and then I had facial criminalization surgery and all of that, you know, I lost so much blood. You know, that, you know, when I had vaginal plastic, I was in diapers for three months and I was on bed rest for three whole months. Oh, wow. Um, so, you know, during those periods of my life, it, they were very stressful and, you know, you know, it, it, it was hard. You know, I, I can't, it's, but I felt like I was a new woman. It was a new experience. I remember I woke up from my bottom surgery and I was like, oh my God, I'm like. <laughs> wait, wait. wait. <laughs> <laughs> that was a big eye note, I'm sure that came out. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, all of that, I, it's worth it, you know. Um, I've had uh, a group, I've, I have an amazing fan base and supporters and people that love and care about me. And so they support me throughout this process. And, you know, I'm engaged. <laughs> well, I was going to ask you that. I saw that. We saw that on Instagram. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you so much. So 
Um, he's like this six foot four bear. <laughs> I love that. Yes, I love him to pieces. But you know, he's been with me through this entire process. And so I am kind of thankful for Michael. You know, he, um, you know, and he's a white male. So, you know, there's so many things going on. You know, my transness, we're interracial couples. You know, we, we continually talk about race, you know, because his experiences are totally different from my experiences. Right. So we've had some really, really brutal arguments and we will continually speak about it until the day we die. Okay. <laughs> Good. <laughs> and I feel like I feel like those conversations, even as yeah. like what you say, brutal and, and are uncomfortable are the ones that we have to have. I mean, I don't think anything's going to change until not only we vote, and I don't mean vote for president, I mean vote for mayors, governors, the whole yes. thing. And I think change is going to start there, but change also needs to start with the uh, uncomfortable conversations that yeah. I've had my whole life, but that I think that they, people that I know that don't want to have them, they need to have them. So it's time. Yeah. My husband and I, every night, we have been having discussions about it. What can we do? how can we listen more how can we do more what in your opinion what can we do do you i mean is that something that you want white girls to ask you your white friends or girls like us saying how do we how do we change this how do we use our power for good you know i've kind of i'm at a place where i think you know white folks have to learn on their own you know what i mean yeah okay all the, we have research engines, we have YouTube, we have so much that we can grasp, yeah. you know, um, right away. And I think putting, I think white folks need to put in that effort of learning and understanding the culture, you know, and under, okay. you know, and, and that's one thing I liked about Michael. He never asked me any questions. He, he did his own homework yeah. and then we discussed about it. And then he talked to me about his opinions and then my opinions. And then even if we bumped heads and I didn't agree, no, I said, honey, I will stand by my opinion all the time because you do not understand the struggles of being a black woman in the United States of America. So um, I think doing your research is important rather than asking questions because okay. I think we're just Thank tired, you. <laughs> you know, we're exhausted. Yeah. And I've dealt with a lot of discrimination and also that I have layers of discrimination. You know, I'm a, a black woman and I'm trans. So that's a lot going on all at once. Right. So when I'm auditioning or singing, I have to make sure that I'm great in everything that I do because I will, I will get critiqued to, to the gods. I can say that. Yeah. Well, now tell us this. Going into an audition, when you present your resume, does it say black trans opera singer? No. Or do you just want to be Brianna opera singer? Uh, on my resume, I just put Brianna Sinclair uh, soprano. That's what I put in there. But a lot of the folks that I auditioned for know who I am. Um, and sometimes it gets stares like, you know, oh, I don't want to hear this girl. Or, you know, kind of just like very... You know, just kind of lots of attitudes that I get from people who are like, oh, I don't think she can sing. But then when I open my mouth and sing, they're like, oh, okay. You know, I've heard, I've heard so many things. I remember, um, you know, I sang for an event. It was an LGBTQ event. And, you know, I like my gay people, but uh, this gay white male came up to me after my performance and said, that was the best lip sync ever. And I said, huh? <laughs> it, but, but, what yes 
Yes, he said that to me. And I said, you know, um, trans folks were at the bottom of the totem pole. And I, we are still continually fighting for our civil rights. Right. And during this Black Lives Matter movement, we have always stood in the forefront of our Black community. It's just that the Black community does not embrace us. And I think Black and Brown communities, you know, they have a history of homophobia and transphobia. And we all have to, you know, if a Black trans woman dies, that's a, that's a Black body. Forget the trans. That's a Black body within the Black community. Yes. Yes. So we protected, you know. I remember my partner bought me pepper spray and he's like, he, he's like, I'm concerned when you come home at work at night, you know, I get scared sometimes coming home at work, you know, because black trans women, we get killed, we're killed weekly, we're attacked. It's like every week I'm hearing something about my black trans sisters. And do you know how weary that is to hear that on a weekly basis, you know? <clears throat> so it's truth. It's the reality. This is what's happening. And so this has to stop. It does. It makes me... It makes me get all emotional. Sorry. No, no. <laughs> honestly, I'm sorry you have to deal with that. Yeah, I am too. I mean, I, on a very small level, I know as a female what it's like to be afraid, especially, you know, if you're, I mean, I, I've been afraid where I'm like, why, why are we walking down here by myself? You know, don't walk at night by yourself. Don't run in a park by yourself at night. I remember like Wanda Sykes doing a very funny comedy thing about, I wish I could take my vagina off and leave it at home. And when I'm running, I'd be like, look, it's at home. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I mean, I know you've suffered abuse on, on multiple levels. Yeah. And, um, and so I, I'm just... I can't understand the afraid on your level, but it just, yeah, I, I wish I could stop it. I wish I could, wish, you know, magic wanted away. Uh, you know, I've been through homeless. I was homeless in New York City in 2010 um, for about four months. And, you know, I've dealt with sexual abuse. Um, I've also been pulled over by the cops and they've stripped, stripped my clothes off my body and handcuffed me naked on the sidewalk. Um, that happened during my senior year, was, no, my junior year at CalArts, and I was on a date uh, with a guy at that time, Santa Corita, and um, a police car was following us because he was dropping me off to my dorm, and the police car stops us, tells me to get out the car, he takes my government state ID, shows the guy that I was dating and says it's male, because I haven't changed my ID at the time, tells me, to, tells me to take off my clothes, everything, stripped me bare, and I was handcuffed on the, on the sidewalk naked while he was screaming at the guy that I was dating at the time. He's like, you see that? That's a male. That's a male. You know, it says male on here. And, you know, I... That was a very traumatic experience. And so no one deserves that type of treatment, <laughs> you know? No, no one. Is that the worst experience of your life, would you call it? Mm -hmm. Would you call that the worst experience of your life? That's probably one of the worst experiences of my life, you know, because I thought my life was over at that moment. You know, that moment, like everything froze, you know, I'm like, oh my God, I'm not going to get my degree, my bachelor's degree. I'm not going to finish school. My parents, you know, even though they're divorced during that time period, and I haven't talked to my father, my mom at the time. I'm like, they don't know what's going on out here. So I'm all in California and they're all on the East Coast, <clears throat> you know, and I really thought that day was the last day of my life. I thought it was over. I said, I'm not gonna sing anymore. They're just gonna take my life away from me. And this is it. 
Um, he did let me go, but he took my, the police officer took my belongings, threw them out and told me, he was like, don't ever do this again or whatever. I don't know, he was saying something silly. And then he laughed and I was naked on the streets, putting back my clothes on on the sidewalk by myself. <laughs> oh my God. So, I'm sorry. This is why these protests are so important. Absolutely. Because, you know, Black lives do matter. I, I, we, you know, as a community, we go through so much. And I mean, can you imagine, you know, someone stop you and handcuff you naked on the sidewalk? Can you imagine having the, dealing with that experience? You know, it's scary, very traumatizing. And it took me years of therapy and yeah. friends and everyone to really help me through these situations, you know. It took me a long time to date, you know, because I was afraid to date somebody during, you know, what that experience happened to me, you know. So there are you know, a lot of layers, you know. Yeah. You, are so, you are such a strong person. I honestly, we, we admire you so much for sharing this and <laughs> i mean oh, I, these are the stories that need to be told and need to be heard because i don't i think they need to be broadcast all over the world i mean that this is this happens this is real this isn't bullshit this is you know what i mean like this is this, how would you feel if this was you how would you feel if this was your white sister if this was your white mother what how would you feel about that wouldn't you be so angry that you would be out protesting and screaming at the top of your lungs that things need to change so yeah i just i i think i sometimes i feel like people that i know live in this bubble that oh that's not my life or i'm in my own lane and i'm not paying attention to what's going on including myself there was um i don't know if you saw it there was a talk uh, la opera had it with um yeah uh, our colleagues friends and colleagues of ours and you know there was something that um, karen slack said to me and i went or not to me but on the thing and i, I yeah. went oh my god that's an example of how i'm in my own lane dealing with my own things about being a female yeah. being curvy being sometimes uh you know overweight in this business and then she was talking about that but then added the other heavy bag of being a black woman and i thought oh my god like we're it's similar and different, but I, I didn't think about that. I didn't think, oh my God, she has this extra stuff that she has to deal with every time she walks into a room. Why didn't I think about that? Does that make sense? Why didn't, why didn't I look at the board members and say, why are they all white? Why aren't, why aren't the board members different? Why? Oh, we need to ask that now. Yeah, and when Russell Thomas said, look at the opera companies and see who they hire and see what it looks like across the board from the person answering the phone to the head of the company what does that look like i mean it's funny that i thought about that when i purchased things and companies that i researched and wanted to buy from because of what they supported or what they didn't support but i didn't look at it in my own company so i think there's a lot of moments that a lot of us are having and i'm grateful i'm grateful for people that are telling their stories like what you are yes you know it's it's kind of sad that it had to take a pandemic and <laughs> George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and all these incidents that happened to get people to wake up. It shouldn't have to be that way. It shouldn't. And, <clears throat> you know, it shouldn't have to be that way. You know, and it's sad that it, 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 these events had to, to get people to wake up. 
you know. No, and can I tell you that I like personally, I mean, I thought I was woke. I thought I, you know, I, I had a sister that came out uh when she was 18, and I really felt like I grew up in the Baptist church, and so my parents were divorced. I mean, this was a whole I thought I was woke. And then I'm listening to some of these stories, some of them that I knew, but the breadth of them were so intense that I thought, oh shit, I'm not woke. I'm not, I don't, I don't know enough. Does that make sense? Like it was, this was an awakening for me and on that level, because there's so much more I need to know. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, Sandra. No, 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 no. I'm just going to say, I still think, and I think it's constantly changing. And I think that there's more and more information that, that we can learn and, and read. It, It changes daily. It seems like now, and we need to, to keep on top of it. It's our duty. Don't you think, Carrie? I think that these stories have been, especially in this country from the, you know, I don't even know how long, but I think what's happening now is that these stories finally have, with George Floyd, with that video, was something that I think woke everybody up, to be quite honest. And I think it made us all look at it even more in depth than what some already have, in my opinion. So the... For me, the changing information is COVID because I really want to get back in the theater and sing. <laughs> yeah. So that, yes. That's information for me, Sandra. That's like, I mean, can somebody just please tell me what is real and what's not and what's happening? Because Well, that affected you, that Brianna, right? That was going to be, that's why we reached out to you originally was because... You were supposed to be here in Toronto. Yeah, you're the you're up you're young and up and coming. We've had our careers. I mean, we still would love to still have them, but you know, we've had oh, our fabulous. Oh my god, stop. But you guys, <laughs> but, but you're you're in a different position in that you're coming up in this opera business. And what has this done to your career? What do you think the future looks like for you in the career? You know, um, you know, there I think they're still going to um uh, a lot of the opera happened in 2021, hopefully. Good. Um, I think when I, I was supposed to do a recital in Toronto, and um, this was supposed to be weeks before the, um, the uh, grand opening of the opera and um, the opera debut. And so they, they're going to bring that back up in 2021. So I'm really excited for that. So I'm just crossing my fingers. I know, I'm just like, I was so close to really like actually doing my first real professional opera. With yeah, I know. Amazing colleagues of mine who are great singers and that like, I really wanted to do this because, you know, for me, it's, it's more than the music, you know. I like working with other people because I want to grow and I want to be a better musician and a better artist. And I don't want my transits to always be the forefront of everything that I do. Mm-hmm. And I understand that within my community, you know, that that's, you know, that's, it's great. But at the same time, you know, I have been through some intense struggles to get to where I am. And so um, I was really hoping to do the Bound opera. They had the costumes all set up. And, you know, oh. Bound is about these four characters maneuvering in a corrupt government. And each of these characters are dealing with, like, racism, transphobia, and all that. And, you know, I played the trans character. But, you know, um, it, it was a perfect opera for these, these times that we're in. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I... I I, I was I was grateful that they gave me the part, but hopefully in the future of my career that, you know, I, I don't want to just sing trans roles, you know. I, I can sing, you know, um, 
uh, Puccini and I can sing other works, you know, and I hopefully one day I will get hired to sing a leading soprano. You know, my dream was to always sing Tosca. That has always been like <laughs> my dream come true. I'm sure every soprano's dream come true, you know. No, really? <laughs> not mine. Not mine. <laughs> it's mine. It was mine. It was mine from a little kid. I said I wanted to sing Tosca. Yeah. You know, how is this, besides the bound, how has it affected you with the COVID? How many other things have you had canceled? What do you see the future of opera going? How do you see it changing because of this as well as Black Lives Matter? I don't know. I really don't know. I think right now we're just in a very, we're in a, a, a shift right now. We're in a revolution. And I think... We need to focus on this right now, you know, and then also um, healthcare too, because even though we're in this pandemic, black folks, we don't get the best of care as like my white friends and, you know, and whoever. So that's another issue that needs, you know, health justice, you know, I've, you know, even when Serena Williams was talking about when, you know, this is Serena Williams when she was pregnant. And she was experiencing blood clots and they didn't believe her. And they were able to treat her. And she almost died on the operating. Uh-huh. So it's just like, you know, um, we have to fight these, you know, we have to we have to destroy the system and build back up Thank and you. start from the ground up. Because I'm just a human being just like everybody else, you know. Yes, you are. And a beautiful one at that. Thank you. Yeah. So, so years. I want to like hear from you and Sandra, like, you know, any advice to give me <laughs> during well, this? Day drinking. It's a real thing. It's a real thing. <laughs> call up your girlfriends. No. And, yes. No. Call up your Go ahead, Carrie. Get drunk on the internet and talk to your friends and then put it on, then put it on YouTube, like what we've been doing because we're losing our damn minds. Anyway. Um, <laughs> um, you know, actually you gave it. You gave I, I started clapping and going, yes, when I listened to your um, comment, it was on Commonwealth, comment um, with... Um, oh, Michelle Meow. Michelle Meow. Yeah. You said, you said it, um, that, and I think it was through Sherry, where you, you were like, well, who's going to want to sing with me because I'm six foot two and what tenor is going to, you know, want to <laughs> sing with me? And, and she was like, listen, like, you need to be true to who you are. You need yeah. to walk in that room with confidence and sing your stuff. You need to be uber prepared and be the best that you can be as a musician when you walk into that room and then leave it at the door. Like that's what you do. So I, I really loved that advice. And I felt like all singers, no matter what their race, color, size, whatever it is, need to embrace who they are, are and walk into the room and say, here's what I have. You have to hire me because I'm the And best. make them listen. Make them listen. When you walk in the room, you get all that attention and say, don't ever apologize because a lot of singers do that when they go in auditions. Like, oh, I'm so sorry. No, you walk in that room with confidence, you own it, and you know that you are the best that they are going to hear that day. And they will feel that confidence. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm sure that you've dealt with that too, Brianna. You walk in and I'm, you have a lot of confidence though. You naturally have that. To build my confidence, I think mm-hmm. that's the thing. Um, I never, I never want to say sorry for who I am because I've been through so much in my life, and so, you know, um, 
you know, Sherry always makes sure that, you know, when I go for an audition or, you know, I sing that I really just, she just said, just be you. Let the voice, this is your voice. Let the voice come out and, and, and do its thing. You know, don't worry about all the other stuff around you. Ignore all the, the talk and whatever and just sing and touch people's hearts. Because that's yeah. our job. Yeah. Our job as performers is actually, we, we are servants to our community. You know, that's a, that's a servant job. Yes, the glamour and the hair and the makeup and the costumes is amazing. Uh, but it's, it's, yeah. Yeah. it's not no. all that glamorous though, I gotta tell you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Flying around the world, ugh. I know, but it must be exhausting. It is exhausting. And I think people think that, you know, what we do is, is sitting around eating bonbons in a hotel room or, oh yeah, you just walk on stage and you sing. There's social media, there's interviews, there's coachings, there's voice lessons. There are all the patron events and then rehearsals, eight, 10 hours a day where you're just on your feet exhausted. And then you have to go home and, and study some more. It's always a work in progress. And you always want to be better and make yourself a better singer, make yourself a better actor, make yourself a better whatever human being. Yeah. And it's not there. There are no bonbons involved in our lifestyle. <laughs> there are. That is not true. There we have we have the bonbons when we're in like Paris eating chocolate croissants because that's the most amazing thing. Ever. Yeah, there might be a few. Uh, and then working out on top of that, there there's the yeah. whole. And your life. Hmm? And your life, you know, your, yeah, life, life. your partner, your life. Oh, I got to, I got to clean my toilet. That happens. That's real life yeah. people, you know, right. so, yeah. but and I do love, I do love putting on the wigs and the makeup and the costume. <laughs> <laughs> it is very girly and it's fun, but oh, fun. sometimes, sometimes it's just the last thing you want to do, right? You're exhausted from everything else. And then you sit there and you go, are you done yet? Are you done yet? <laughs> I gotta go sing. Are you done yet? You know, and it's it's not all that glamorous. Put it that way, right? Yeah. We just make it look glamorous. We make it look I've, easy. You know, I've been practicing that bound opera for like what six months because oh. the, the voice part. Um, I was playing Kelly Davidson, and the government wanted her to detransition. You know, so there's specific costumes where, like, I think the first costume I have a gown and then a, a dress, and then the second costume was. Um, I think it was like a plain scrub outfit, you know, because I'm detransitioning. And then like there was one where it's like an outfit that was like half male, half female. You know how you see it in the bathroom, like the, the, yeah. the, the whatever. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I, when I was learning that during those six months, you know, I think my partner kind of saw the stress and just me working like crazy, coming home from my voice lesson and then taking two hours out of my day to really deal with my musicianship because that's like my weak point as a musician, you know, learning the rhythms. And, you know, my teachers would always make jokes. They'd be like, Brianna, did you count? Did you? <laughs> <laughs> I remember um, uh, Daryl Cooper, he's an amazing pianist. Yes. And he would, every time I would post something about like a performance, an opera, he would, oh, every no. time it was like, did you count? Did you count? <laughs> You don't want to be up there counting going, okay. <laughs> yeah. right? You don't want that either. Like, are you learning your music? Are you learning the rhythms, you know? 
Um, are you really engaging with the words and how are you expressing those words? So I don't think people understand, like you said, it's a lot of work. And for me, in my position, I have to work 10 times harder. I have to know everything from top to bottom, you know, and, and that's very stressful to you as a black trans woman. Like I have to know everything from a language, like more, I have to know more than, you know, yeah. than what's in front of me. Okay. Six foot two. Where do you go shopping? <laughs> All right, I just so want to know that. There's this place called Long Toss Sally. It sounds so bad. You know Little Richard's Long Toss Sally, but there's a, yeah. a UK business called Long Toss Sally and it's all over Europe. Yeah. And Netherlands and everything. Because you know, a lot of the girls are as tall as me. Right. Um, That's why I want our viewers to know <laughs> our tall girls out there, right? Yeah. So Long Toss Sally has the best clothes and shoes. Oh my goodness. Um, I remember when I first started transitioning, I was like, oh my God, I need some like work shoes. I need jogging shoes. I'm like, being a woman is expensive. Yeah. Expensive. You know, and then yeah, kind of like, and then makeup. Makeup. Makeup, face products. Yes. Hair. Exactly. Yeah. Nails, everything. It's just, it's so much money. And so long tail selling has been my savior. <laughs> um, I was able to get a lot of clothes, a lot of shoes. Because when I was transitioning at the time, I was like, shoes, size 12, 13 shoes. And I get all these like drag queen shoes and like high pumps. I'm like, I'm not walking to a lesson with eight inch pumps. And I was like, can someone like help me like find something? And so one of my tall girlfriends, she's an opera singer. She's about 5'10". And she was like, Brianna, you need to check out Long Toss Salad. This is where I get all my okay. shoes, my boots, you know, on yeah. my outfit. I've been doing that for five years. It's expensive. Yeah. I really save up money to get like a nice good yeah. order in, but it's expensive. So. Yeah. Well, I know Susan Graham, she has big feet and she's a tall girl. And Christine Gerke, my old roommate, she's over six foot. And I remember when we were roommates, we would go shoe shopping in New York. Now we're talking a few years ago. <laughs> like 20 some years ago and 20 some years ago finding fashionable shoes in a size 12 13 forget it and christine just said if i buy one more pair of naturalizer shoes you know come yes. to old lady oh shoes, my i'm gonna shoot myself yeah so i i, I get it i you know i just wanted wanted to know yeah because you always look so great okay serious question for you now okay Going back 10 years and everything that you've been through on your journey now, up to now, what would you tell the 10 year younger person? What, what advice would you give that person? Would you change anything? No, I would just tell that person, don't give up. I mean, I, there were many, I mean, I know that sounds very cliche. No, not at all. But I, there were many instances where I wanted to quit music and, and just quit it all. And I think that what I, that's what I would say to, you know, myself 10 years ago, don't give up because there is light at the end of the tunnel. And that's what you would tell to your, to all of your friend, friends and family and, and all of your people that love you out there, all of your viewers and inspiration. What would you tell the people out there and, and to your community as well? Um, to protect black trans women, to embrace us. Um, and 
Yeah, that's what I would say. Embrace us. Embrace our community. We're not here to harm anybody. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, it's just embrace us. Love us. You know, we need safety as well. We need protection. No one protects us, you know. So, you know, there was a video that was out. Her name is Iyana Dior. She's a trans black woman. And there was a video of, it had to be at least 30 men ganging up on her and grabbing her and beating her. And she was just going to, she was protesting with them. Then she went to the corner store and they all, and I guess they figured it out and they all gathered around her and just beat her silly. And so they attacked her and when I saw that, I was just like, see, this is what I'm saying. We don't have any protection. Even the store clerk didn't even protect her. Like, oh my God. like that, that is what I'm talking about. Embrace Black trans women. Embrace us. Love us. Okay. No. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> yes. For, I have uh, voice teachers that are teaching, you know, uh, when you were going through the transition, is there anything, or even now, what you've learned, is there anything that you would like to tell teachers that are helpful for them when they're teaching the next trans person that they have coming in there that wants to, whatever it is, do you have any advice for these teachers? Yeah, um, you know, when you're dealing with uh, a trans vocalist, you know, you have to accept them where they are in their transition and develop where they are at this specific time. Okay. Um, it's, it's just the same as any other vocalist, you know, we have to, whatever, wherever their voice is at the moment, you continually train it and keep growing, you know, and keep developing that voice, you know, um, my body's been through a series of changes, hormonal changes, and, you know, my, my opera coach, Ruby Pleasure at the conservatory would say, plow through it. She's like, welcome to womanhood, plow through it. <laughs> yeah, it's oh, true. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so you just have to meet the trans vocalists where they're at and okay. then go from there. That's it. It's okay. really that simple. And then and figuring out where their voice lies, what parts of their voice are com is comfortable. Okay. Um, also, the most important thing is Alexander Technique has really helped me in my training. Oh. And, yes. And really learning how to breathe and um, really keeping my, because I used to have tension on my shoulders and every time I would sing, I would go, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Even when I would get emotional when I sing, you know, and so I've learned how to just breathe, inhale, exhale, just keep the air circulating and moving, keep singing. Um, so yeah, Alexander Technique has helped me a lot um, for my course. Find your body, find your center, find your core, find your balance in your body. Yeah, yeah. so I mean, I, I know that, you know, when you when a teachers work with the trans vocalists, there is a lot to discuss about, especially trans male vocalists, because when, you, when they take testosterone, their voice will continually drop and change on their course of their transition. So one day, the male trans vocalist might be a tenor, and then the next day he might sing baritone, you know? So, you know, you have to, you have to figure out those mediums and just kind of work through that, you know? Right. Does it eventually even out? It does eventually even out, um, you know, during the course of their transition. Um, mm -hmm. But, I, I, but you know, still developing those parts of the voice, you know, and singing healthily. I'm, I'm, a, I'm an advocate of singing well, you know. That has just always been my thing. Um, really just embracing your body. It took me a while to embrace my body, and now I do, 
you know, and I've learned how to just relax, just let the voice do its thing. You know, if I crack, oh, well, I remember I was singing um, at the Nico Hotel in San Francisco. They were doing a Christmas concert to raise money for the Positive Resource Center mm -hmm. um, for clients with AIDS and HIV who might need assistance and groceries or, door, or just someone to be there for them during this holiday season. And I sang All Holy Night. And my teacher was, she said, while she was working with me, you know, she wanted me to sing the high B flat at the end. I was like, no, I can't do it, Shark. I can't, I'm really scared. She's like, no, you're gonna do it. Mm -hmm. And I went up there and I sing that B flat. I don't know what happened, but it just went. <laughs> See? Yes. You know, that's the best way to learn is just by doing it. Exactly. You sink so, or you swim. You sink or you swim. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, so that would be my advice. It's just very basic advice that's, okay. you know, good for every singer. Cool. Okay. Do you have anything else to say, Carrie? Do you have any other questions or should we let her go and we could do oh some rapid? Oh my gosh. Like, I could talk to you for a whole nother, like, hour. Oh, yeah, we could. And I have so much to do that, yes. Hours and hours and hours and hours. You're so, you are so amazing. You are so wonderful to, to spend this time with us mm -hmm. and, and to enlighten us and all of our viewers and to share your story. It's, it's so inspiring. It really is. Thank I'm you. Really to be a part of the Screaming Divas. Oh, you are, you yeah. are an honorary member now, right, Carrie? We're going to have to get her a Screaming Divas shirt. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Um, All right. We're going to, we're going to put you on the spot now. Oh yeah. Rapid oh, yeah. fire questions. Are you ready for it? No, I'm scared. <laughs> oh, don't be scared. No, no, no. Hey, take a drink. Fun. Get some water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, so, so, well, well, I'll have a drink. Okay. And I want to know where you got the dress. Yes. Is it a dress or is it a pantsuit? It's a pantsuit, but I have pajamas on. It's not the bottom. <laughs> so I might not want to stand. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. I love Finally, you. Finally. Okay. An yeah. honest guest. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, I have pajamas, and I'm not ashamed to say I love wearing my pajamas. But um, this outfit was actually from Fashion Nova, so... Oh, cool. They have a plus size section. And so they have really nice gowns, you know? I love that. It's beautiful. So, I mean, I'm, I'm very selective getting stuff from Fashion Nova because some of that stuff is very revealing. So I have to make sure okay. <laughs> I have like something that's classy and that's something that covers me up. So, but yeah. it's like a huge. Yeah. Well, you know what? With all the designers nowadays, isn't it? You have to just really keep going back and looking at things and mm, what what one design they they had a whole collection that was great and the next collection you kind of go. Mm -hmm. well, We're all called to do great work, you know. So yeah. you you both have inspired me to do this type of work and other great opera singers and so you know hopefully I'll be able to inspire some young person or young trans woman who wants to do this, you know. So. Absolutely. I think you're inspiring to all of us. I mean, all of us that, that say, I don't have to look or be a certain way. I can be me and I can trust yeah. that I'm enough. And what I bring to the table is some serious talent and you should hire me based on that. Bingo. Anyway, all right. All right. Yeah, rapid fire. Rapid fire. Okay. Can I start? Go all ahead. Right, what is your best beauty tip? Um, always wear primer. Ooh, the texture skin. Because when I take off my makeup, my skin is still glowing. You always have to wear a primer with your makeup. No, I don't know. I've I've seen a lot of females just put on makeup without anything to protect their skin. 
you know, makeup is to enhance the beauty, but you want to make sure you protect your skin. That's the number one priority. That's always been my priority. Okay. Good one. That's a really good Thank one. Thank you. Oh, what is your, uh, what is your no fail motivational song that you listen to when you need it? What does that mean? No fail? What's that? Like so that every is, time you listen to it, it go just to. What's your go-to you? motivational song? Makes you like oh Okay, I just, well, the Lady Gaga album, Chromatica, just came out. <laughs> and there's this, and, and this has now kind of been my go-to song. It's called Sour Candy. Okay. And she about how, like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hard on the, in, on the outside, but just give, me a, just give me a chance. You know, yeah. I'm working on myself. Yeah. That actually has been kind of inspirational. You put that on your Instagram. I saw that. <laughs> yes, I really love that song. That's a good one. So, what is your guilty pleasure? Um, my guilty pleasure, uh, tater tots. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. I, some I don't care what it is. Tater tots with gravy and mm. just cheese. I am a tater tot girl, and my partner laughs at me every time because I'm like, he's like, "What kind of side do you want?" I was like, "Well, let's have like broccoli and tater tots." <laughs> okay. Have you had poutine? Yes, I love it. <laughs> It's dangerous. That is like a, a terrible guilty pleasure for me. Just saying. It is dangerous. Um, okay, what is your favorite curse word? Oh, uh, the F word? Can I even say that? Yes, because we have to. Okay, Carrie, what, tell, tell Brianna what your favorite curse word is. Motherfucker! <laughs> yeah, well, that's actually kind of mine. I say that all the time. Yes, sometimes I make yeah. a it on the phone with my mother and I'm like oh shoot I was oh. like not to her but like about my day or whatever <laughs> who is your celebrity crush oh my god um mm -hmm. oh my goodness um god okay I have several but I kind of like Dwayne the Rock Johnson I think he's so handsome I like big guys because <laughs> And who else? Um, he's pretty hot. He's pretty hot. What's his name? I totally forgot. He's um, Patrick Wilson. Oh my God. I've, I've been at, at such a huge crush on Patrick Wilson. Hey, wait, since who? I was, yes, since I was in college. Pat, who is that? What does he do? So he's an actor. He's in all of the, like, the Annabelle series. Um, he was in Little Children with Kate Winslet. Hot. Yes, he's really hot. I think he's so hot. I'm Googling hot. him. I'm he's very mysterious, too. You know, he's like mysterious. I like many more mysterious. Okay. And okay. a good so, one. <laughs> burly and mysterious. Gotcha. Um, what is the, mo the most beloved thing that you own? What's the most beloved thing that I own? Oh, that's hard. Um, let me see here. Oh, I have this heart necklace that my partner gave me my second year. Oh. And it splits in half, and I wear it, and he wears it, and he never takes it off. He wears it all day. So that's kind of, it's, I have it in my chest, you know, and that, I always take that with me when I travel or do performances. Okay. Yeah, that's kind of like, and my engagement ring. Those are like the two things. Aww. <laughs> when are you guys so getting married? Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, our goal was supposed to be October 7th of this year, so we can't, you know, they... We, you know, we reserved a place, um, one of the brownstones in San Francisco. Oh my God, I forgot the area. 
but they, they have weddings there. And so we're cool. going to have our big wedding there in the garden, okay. but we're going to do it next year in 2021. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. What single person most changed your life? Oh, wow. That's really hard. There's been a lot mm. of people that changed my life. Um, you can go for two or three. How about that? Okay. So Ruby Pleasure, she was my coach at the conservatory. She actually looks just like my mother, five foot three, black woman, just like very, very strong, just very forward. She's always given me the best advice and being in the conservatory was very hard for me because all of my peers who were getting a master's degree were way ahead of the curve. You know what I mean? They were like, their voices are good to go. They were ready to go out to opera houses. And I was just starting being a mezzo in my master's. That was the most difficult three years of my life because my teacher actually gave me an extra year just so that I can, so she could feel confident in me going oh. on. So Ruby Pleasure, um, who else? My mother, of course. You know, my mother and I have been working on our relationship. It's still a work in progress, but she is a strong woman. And I've been raised by strong black women who have been through hell and back. So my mother, Elmira, and who else? Um, my best friend in the world, Benjamin. <laughs> Benjamin Ginsburg. We went to college my, at CalArts, but he's like my best friend in the world. He's seen me through my pre-transition. He's been through all of my surgeries. He's helped me get my name changed in the courts, you know, he's oh. resumes. I mean, he is such an ally and so supportive and, and an amazingly talented pianist. Love Brilliant. Him. So those are like the three main people that kind of, you know, changed your life. Yes. Kept me sane and changed my life. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. Okay. Um, what talent would you love to have? What talent would I like to have? I always wanted to be a figure skater. <laughs> I'm obsessed with figure skating. I love just the dramaticism of it, the heavy makeup, the heavy glittery costumes. Like that's, I, I always wanted to be a figure skater, but you know, that's not gonna happen. <laughs> but, <laughs> I love it. What is the greatest gift we can give another? One another, sorry, one another. Patience. Ooh. Yeah, I think patience is something, you know, we live in such a fast track world and social media. I think patience is the greatest gift because learning how to accept a person where they're at and letting them grow and blossom and being supportive and patient in that process. Because that was something that I had to, I think my partner and I, being us being together we both had to learn patience because he had to be patient with me in my transition and i had to be patient with him and understanding what i was going through you know and, and, and allowing him to grow on his own so yeah did we lose her oh there you oh are God. sorry that was my that was my mother calling oh no okay no it's okay no, no this has happened on other videos with mom ringing in. <laughs> I, 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 I have to put this on my, on my computer because on my phone, my phone is always blowing up, so. <laughs> oh my it's like I said, it's been a day. We should, we should let Brianna go. Do you want to ask the last one? Um, can we ask two more, please? Okay, we can ask two more. Okay. Um, what, especially after that one that you asked. What is the greatest yeah. gift that we can give ourselves? We give ourselves, um, let me see. Um, oh, that's a hard question. Yeah. 
what's the greatest gift? Uh, uh, Self-care, I think. You know, I think sometimes we are so distracted by the world that we really shouldn't feel guilty giving ourselves self-care. You know what I mean? I've used to feel so guilty, like taking the day off, just wearing pajamas, just eating cheese curls all day. I've learned how to just embrace my self-care moments. That's the greatest gift you can give to yourself because everyone needs it, especially during this time. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And the last one. Yes. This is a James Lipton question that we ask everybody. So if heaven exists, what would you want God to say as you enter the pretty gates? Oh my God. Um, I would love God to say, I'm proud of you. You are, you've been strong. And yeah, I think that I, I really want God to say, I'm proud of you. I think that's come on in. Yes. Come on in. Let me in. But yes, I'm just kidding. No, but yes, you know. That's, uh, that's what, what I would want to hear. Beautiful. We, we thank you so much. Yes, thank you for inviting me. I know y'all have things to do and I have, I have a lot of things I have to do, but Mother. I'm very grateful that you invited me, so. Oh, come on. We, on. I, yeah, I was really looking forward to this. This was a highlight for me, so thank you. Yes, and it's okay. so nice. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> and it's I'm nice so to see to see the journey since I saw you last, the journey that you've been on and you look fabulous and you sound so confident and you know who you are and, and that is such an inspiration and it will be for so many people watching. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Be well, take care of yourselves. Be safe. Bye. Bye. Bye.